Worldwide, cardiovascular disease affects the lives of hundreds of millions. Dedicated cardio nerds everywhere are working hard to fight this global epidemic. These are their stories. My dear cardio nerds, this is Amit Goyal. Join us on a new adventure as we journey through the maze of clinical practice guidelines. In this series, Decipher the Guidelines, we will take a deep dive into the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines, focusing on similarities and differences from the American guidelines. This is a multidisciplinary collaboration between the CardiNerds, the ACC Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease Section, the National Lipid Association, and the Preventive Cardiovascular Nurse Association, developed with a mentorship from Dr. Eugene Yang. And remember, CardioNerds is a fellow-founded, independent educational platform. The views expressed here do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of our employers. Do be a nerd and spread the word on social media and help others find us by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, hope you're enjoying the intro music, custom mix for CardioNerds by student doctor Hirsch Elhens, a.k.a. DJ Elhens, medical student at USC and CardioNerds Academy intern of House Thomas. And with that, it's time to get nerdy. The following question refers to Section 4.6 of the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines. The question is asked by student Dr. Shivani Reddy, answered first by nurse practitioner Carol Patrick, and then by expert faculty Dr. Eileen Hanberg. Dr. Hanberg is an adult nurse practitioner, professor of medicine, and director of the Cardiovascular Clinical Trials Program in the Division of Cardiovascular Medicine at the University of Florida. She has served as the chair of the cardiovascular team section and the board of trustees with the ACC and is the president-elect for the PCNA. Dr. Hanberg, welcome to CardioNerds. So glad to be here. Thank you so much, Rick, and welcome to CardioNerds, Dr. Hanberg. We're so thrilled that you could join us today. So today we have Ms. D.W., who's a 67-year-old woman with a history of coronary artery disease and prior percutaneous coronary intervention in 2019 with a drug-eluting stent to the proximal left anterior descending artery. They have transitioned to your clinic from a previous provider, and their LDL is 134 milligrams per deciliter. What would be the ESC-recommended goal LDLC level for this patient? A, less than 30 milligrams per deciliter, B, less than 55 milligrams per deciliter, C, less than 70 milligrams per deciliter, or D, less than 100 milligrams per deciliter. So Carol, could you help us out here? Well, thank you, Shivani. I'd be glad to. So the correct answer here is B, less than 55 milligrams per deciliter. And why would that be? The European Society of Cardiology guidelines really outline a very robust LDLC reduction goal of less than 55 milligrams per deciliter, which is also less than 1.4 millimoles per liter, depending on how you look at it, and greater than or equal to 50% reduction from baseline in those with known atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease with the highest possible class, class 1 level of evidence A, recommendation for this goal. A goal LDLC less than 55 milligrams per deciliter with greater than or equal to 50% reduction from baseline should also be considered in apparently healthy persons. Less than 70 years of age, we're at a very high risk. It's a class 2A level of evidence C. So to achieve this recommendation, the guidelines recommend a stepwise approach to treatment, including dietary, lifestyle, and medical management. 
all key elements to managing our patients. Recognizing that lower LDLC is better, the guideline recommends liberal intensification of treatment, especially if using submaximal doses of generic or low-cost statins, and the side effects are not apparent. High-intensity statin is recommended to be prescribed to the highest tolerated dose to reach the LDLC goals set for each specific risk group. Again, this is a class one level of evidence A. If these goals are not achieved with the maximum tolerated dose of a statin, combination therapy with azetamide is recommended. Also a class one, but a level of evidence B. Choice A is incorrect, not the right answer. An LDLC less than 30 milligrams per deciliter is a more significant reduction than that recommended by the guidelines, even for patients with known ASCVD. Notably, for patients with ASCVD who experience a second vascular event within two years while taking maximum tolerated statin-based therapy on LDLC, an LDLC goal of less than one millimole per liter or 40 milligrams per deciliter can possibly be considered. Choice C is also incorrect. The ESC prevention guidelines recommend considering a goal of less than 70 milligrams per deciliter for patients in the primary prevention setting at high risk who are less than 70 years of age. This is a class 2A level of evidence C recommendation. Remember again that for those at very high risk, the primary prevention recommendation is target LDLC less than 55 milligrams per deciliter. Looking at choice D, that's also incorrect. LDLC less than 100 milligrams per deciliter was a frequently cited goal in older iterations of various prevention and lipid guidelines. So that was a while years back. As the data has shifted to support lower LDLC goals, this is not a noted goal within the 2021 ESC prevention guideline for patients less than 70 years of age. So what are our main key takeaways here? Lower is better when it comes to LDLC. For those patients with known atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, liberal intensification of lipid-lowering treatment is a recommendation. I'd like to hand this over to Dr. Hamburg to discuss, can LDLC be too low, Dr. Hamburg? How do you approach weighing the benefit of statins versus issues related to the patient's history, comorbidities, polypharmacy, etc.? So let's take these questions one at a time. Dr. Hamburg? So cholesterol levels can go very low. And this is, I think, a difficult thing for patients to understand. Science is iterative. And so what we thought of as an acceptable LDL goal 10 to 15 years ago has really moved. And the ESC guidelines are a perfect example of that. Previously, the goal and the current ACC AHA guidelines, which are older, has an LDL of 70. And prior to that, it was 100. But what we know about cholesterol in As a fetus and as a newborn, the average total cholesterol is 51.4 to 96, and the average LDL is 22 to 44. And if you think about the development of the human body as we are developed in utero, we don't need more than that to carry on our daily function. So it's a little bit of a involvement of our understanding of the science. And actually, the data from the PCSK9 inhibitors and as well the data from IMPROVE-IT, which was the trial of simvastatin and zetamide, was able to look in a pre-specified way at lower LDL cholesterols. 
And there were about 6.4% of the population of the 15,000 people enrolled in that study who had LDLs on average of 21 to 27. And when they looked at the outcomes in that six-year trial, the outcomes were better numerically overall in that population compared to the other groups. So I would say low is okay for sure, as long as you're not having symptoms. And in that six-year follow-up, there was no increase in any type of expected CV outcome or other outcome related to having a low LDL. So lower is better. What we do have to take into account, though, is patients and what they tolerate and what medications they're on. It's more important, I think, to get patients on a high-potency statin at a good dose, and that's really where our emphasis ought to be combined with all of the other risk factor reduction recommendations that we have in these guidelines. Thank you so much, Dr. Hamburg, for that update and for your rationales related to our questions. (laughs) 